morning, rock stars! From coast to coast, we give you a toast as you listen to Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. I'm your host, Joe Rutten, director of the Benedictine Leadership Institute at Mount Marty University in Yankton, South Dakota, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother, Rutten! <laughs> Father John Rutten, pastor of St. John Paul II in Harrisburg, South Dakota. And I'm Father Paul Rutten, pastor of St. Mary in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And together we are... Rutten Radio! How we doing, fellas? Oh my gosh, it has been crazy. And what I has have been an associate, crazy. so that's going to make my life a lot better. Yeah, you've got so an now, associate. now you can yes. no longer. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you have to be. Well, you've humble got all now. kinds of time you now. Be. No, the month of June was just the month of June was just like I don't know. We did all kinds of things. There was all kinds of things going on and all of that. So I'm praying that July is a little slower, but with a rotten wedding in the midst of that, it probably won't be. Should be fun. I always love so. rutten gatherings. Father yeah. John? I'm going on vacation. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> A well-deserved yeah. vacation. And, and my vacations are sometimes like life. You just have to let them unfold. You just got to take one foot at a time, you know? Uh, and long story short, um, I think, I think, I'm going to go sailing in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Is you the Pacific understand. on the West Coast? Yes. yes. Yeah, the Pacific. Yep. Uh, Craig Donnelly. Anyway, I don't know how it's all going to work out, but in the end, You're I'm fine. going to Phoenix, though, in July, which I'm not sure the wisdom yeah, of that. that. Uh, we did that uh, one. So before. we'll see if I get over to the to the ocean, to the sailboat, but Greg has a sailboat or something. He started sailing, and um, uh, Laura said... He was talking about it at mom's funeral and there was a light in his eyes. Like he was filled with life and he was. And you want to go figure like, out what the life is I think is that's where about. I need to go. Yeah. So I, I scheduled my vacation late, didn't have anybody to travel with. So I needed to find, you know, I was like, eh, I got to go find some, something interesting that uh, I wouldn't do if I had someone else with me. And there going are out very to few things like, about marriage in my life that I'm like, mm, you know, if I could change, I really would love to be you where I could just like go. Like no plans. Like I was married mm -hmm. and we were going to the cities and it was my first, I went to college university up at St. Thomas going back to visit with my wife for the first time. And we're going to stay at my friend, Peter Dada's house. And Laura's like, uh, so, uh, Peter's expecting us. And I'm like expecting, well, no, I probably, I could, I should probably call him. <laughs> <laughs> and she just about killed me. She was like, we're literally driving on the interstate. To Minneapolis, and I was like, "Well, yeah, I suppose I should call him." I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, "You say just oh, yeah. I might go sailing or go to the Yellowstone or go to Canada." So <laughs> it's like, "I got you. I'm right there with yep. you, brother." Yep. I don't think that's a marriage thing. I think that's a personality thing. <laughs> that's probably true because when we traveled, oh, that's right uh, to California, I did the same thing. I said, um, "So they know we're coming, right?" Uh, <laughs> not only travel, but like flew there. Right. And John's like, oh, <laughs> you know what? I don't think I followed up with them. Uh, we, we should probably make sure they know we're coming. And we're if not you, just talking like one family. We're oh, talking about like multiple oh, families up so the coast anyways, of California. If you're out there listening, you <laughs> so, now have gotten insight into the brothers. Right. So I don't think it's a, a deep <laughs> thing. thing. <laughs> but anyways, okay. uh, the Donnelly. How about you? Let's. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't don't move on too fast. I don't like Joe to be forgotten. Uh, right, because Lord knows we're gonna forget him. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? I'll pass. I'm still I'm still telling people you're not becoming a deacon. Oh, just so you know, that's awesome. What a great April Fools. Anyways, okay. Well, uh, the good life. It's been good. Yep. I'm blessed. I've got a lot of opportunities in life that maybe, um, you know, I just know. I, I have an opportunity to go to the lake often, and I have a saying, lake life is the best life. When we were little, we went with the Noonans yeah. up to Lake Brant, like, you know, and, and yeah, it's just in like- in the back of that pickup yeah, truck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, and so go it's ahead. like you never had the money. I mean, we didn't have a cabin or certainly didn't have the money to, and I don't have the money for a cabin, but to be able to have an opportunity to go to the lake, mm -hmm. uh, even if you're camping, we used to camp a lot. So been doing a little bit of that pool pass. I got my pool pass. Uh, Did you have to going, sew it on your swimsuit? 
<laughs> it is now a fob. Oh, so okay. They oh. just no uh, sewing on your swimsuit. No swimming. No, no actual passes. Uh, uh, there should be a collection of those somewhere. I bet there's a collector. Green of and red, red and purple. Purple. I remember purple mm-hmm. one year. Brown. So things are good. Kids are crazy, um, but it's been good. I have a lot more flexibility, and I've realized I have to be attentive because with flexibility comes uh, with freedom comes responsibility. In that, if you're not careful with freedom, you can not get a lot done. So mm-hmm. with that, let's get something right. done here. Let's roll in. Because we weren't going to talk about Joe. No, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I did say pass. Well, if you're out there listening, uh, Rutten Radio here on Real Presence Network, and you can follow us on our Facebook page and get us on your iPhone with the apps, and you can go back and listen to all our previous shows. And basically what we do is review a movie of the month, and then in the second half hour, have a little conversation around a particular theme. So in the first half hour, it's the movie of the month, and it is Soul. Great mm-hmm. movie. Father Paul, kick us off with the context. Right. So Joe is a middle school band teacher whose life hasn't quite gone the way he expected. His true passion is jazz, and he's good. But when he travels to another realm to help someone find their passion, he soon discovers what it means to have a soul. Any uh, warnings, content? Uh, nope. Things needed. All nope. right. Well, thoughts and comments to kick it off. Uh, initial Initial thoughts. Father Paul, you always have good insight. Yeah, I always like uh, Pixar tends to do a nice job with movies, uh, you know, mixture of everything, humor, whatnot. Uh, but also kind of just a story that captivates you and pulls you in. Um, also the idea of success, you know, mm. what what is success? I think that was there. You know, everyone seemed to have ideas of it and, and those kinds of things. Um and then, you know, I always love, like, you know, all the Disney movies where there's the switching to the bodies. Uh, and then <laughs> you're living in someone else's body. And That's a Disney of, thing? Well, oh, I, yeah, it seems like Disney movies. Of them. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, so that whole part of the movie, spoiler alert, uh, right. I enjoyed. So, Yeah, that that is a... Uh, it, it did have this... It's I can see where the movie would... You could use it in some leadership training in a sense. It's kind of a fun little movie to watch, and it's about purpose and meaning and, and a life worth living, I guess. I always kind of say, you know, what's a life worth living, and uh, how do we discover uh, meaning in our life? And uh, But it was fun. It was, you know, it was, it was, it, but for me, the, the depth of living, like what types of experiences can we create or can we have or how do we create to live deeper? Maybe not change anything fundamentally about what we're doing, but how we experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was this was fantastic on that, Father John. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, uh, the question of what makes a person unique and how do we become that person through relationships with others. Mm-hmm. So there's both a uniqueness that I have, but I don't become that unique person of my own belonging. Mm-hmm. I become that unique person through encounter with others with uh and not encounter as we usually use the word here but just relationship right mm-hmm. yeah the rugged individual of america's kind of utopic idea of what it means to be a man or whatever else isn't really yeah probably the what i would propose is a true vision of the human person uh there's not much individualism going on if we're flourishing take some other people to do that uh father paul you you mentioned there's this idea of a spark that's throughout the film uh you know what's what's you know this kind of this idea of a spark what what are they talking about what do they mean when they're kind of yeah so i guess again if you haven't watched the movie yet the the important thing is uh joe dies uh and on his way to heaven or the afterlife he gets off off the track because he doesn't want to go because he wants to get back to life uh and so he ends up in the place where all the little baby souls are waiting to come into to the world. And, uh, and so it's there that we, we discover that, that there's this idea of a spark, uh, the, what kind of animates your life, just like a spark plug, I guess you right. could say. Um, and so what is it, you know, and, and discovering that like in this, this sort of mystery for people, you know, we all seem to want to figure this out. Like, what is it? The thing that really brings me to life? What is the thing that makes life worth living? And, uh, in the midst of all of that, um, and so it's sort of this, this desire to search for it. Um, and I can see it, you know, I, I feel bad sometimes I, I think 
young people today, we sort of push upon them this need to have everything figured out by the time they're 12. Uh, and, and this whole path has to be laid out instead of really saying, well, in this moment, in this part of your life, what brings you to life? Not let's try to figure out what I'm going to be when I grow up. Uh, and there's real, this real pressure of having to get it all figured out. But what we really begin to see in the movie is it's the little things along the way that can bring me to life and, and my ability to allow that uh, to be there as well. Mm. Uh, and, and so I do think, you know, even for young people, how do we help them not be so worried about having their life mapped out and mm. instead really allowing the little things? Because, you know, along the way, Soul 22 collects things. You know, collects little things, wrappers mm -hmm. and, yeah. and suckers. Yeah, isn't it awesome? Uh, and then the little uh, propeller, uh, helicopter propeller seed. and Yeah. Like all those things. And they all are connected to something simple but yet profound for for that moment in that experience. Uh, and, and so, yeah. Right, it's almost a but, sacramentality yeah. uh, concept there. And I'm like leaning toward the hoarding. Like I'm just, I find meaning in everything and then I want to keep it, yeah. collect it. But then sometimes you're like, hey, maybe I don't need this piece of paper from 1932 just to have it. Yeah. Uh, but sacramentality is what, what do you mean when you me. say that? So for the average person that hears right, that, yeah. even pretend you're that not there's Catholic, a material, what do you right, mean that there's, sacramentality? There's meaning imbued within a material possession okay. that uh, you have something that's physical and the sacramentality is that there is a spiritual reality within that right. particular item. Um, so the item in and of itself is material and will vanish with time. Sure. But within that item is contained a spiritual reality that gives mm -hmm. meaning to you mm -hmm. or to others or to the world. And so we think about like, we, we use it in theology with holy objects, right? Mm -hmm. uh, metals are sacramentals. Mm -hmm. Well, they're just, it's just a piece of metal, but we bless it and we imbue in it a sacramentality, a spiritual reality. So that it gets, and this is why for me, the movie is about living deeper. Right. How can we do things to the material world or within our lives that help us to experience and live deeper sacramental lives yeah. so that a leaf isn't just a leaf, right? But it becomes something that you encounter yeah. God in. Right? And that's a small ass sacrament. And then the yes. church just comes and says, ah, the fullness of what this is, is to receive the big ass sacraments, the seven sacraments that Christ instituted. So it's still right. material. And this is why there's matter. Is required in sacraments. That, yeah, right. You have so, to okay. have matter. Yeah, so yeah. I just thought that was make sure we yeah. get that out. Yeah. Uh, you, Paul, you, if you aren't ready, I got something. Go ahead. No, okay. Go ahead. So I think way back to the days when we had two hours and they were <clears> awesome <throat> and we'd get up at the crack of dawn. That's remember right. that? It would be dark <laughs> out right. and it'd be cold and we'd have to put the newspaper in for the door. Radio. And, for Rutten Radio at the radio studio and when we were doing two hours and that was fun and we laughed. And we cried and we made fun of each other and people loved it. And mom was there. And that's actually the best part of it. <laughs> I miss mom. Yeah. But uh, I think part of the beauty of that was so we talked for so long, like we talked a lot about ourselves too. And so I want to ask a question of you guys. Uh-oh. What's your spark? Oh, great. <laughs> you can't ask a question like that. Next month, I'll answer it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I knew I shouldn't answer. I knew I should. Go ahead, Joe. You can no, start. No. Uh, I'll let Paul uh, think for a bit on a spark. It, it, this is no, vision, I, passion, yeah. and, and friendship. Very clearly, I've uh, kind of I love to see things differently. Yeah. Um, that that like it doesn't matter what it is. It just it gives me energy. I, sure. I get fired up. Uh, passion. I just. If you don't, if it's not, if I'm not passionate about it, I don't want to do it. Uh, and then relationships are probably the number one thing. I love yeah. people. Yep. And so people give me sparks. Yeah, I would say in a sense, a real sense of community and being able to, to help foster that. Mm -hmm. In the last month of, at St. Mary's, it's just been packed full of, th of activities and bringing people together in a way that I don't think they've been together in a long time. Uh, and just to be able to be in the midst of it all and not need to be like, I'm just there, but to look around and see people talking and having a good time. And, you know, you look at the the Eucharistic procession 
Uh, and they, they, they were talking before it. They were, mm-hmm. you know, call. You, you know, had a qu- Eucharistic procession? From Christ yes. the King to St. Mary's. Yeah, we walked from Christ the King to St. Mary's. Down 26th Street? Uh-huh. Yep. It was great. In the road? Uh, nope, on the sidewalk. Gotcha. Uh, and then they, they got there at the end, and they were talking and as well, and they were all excited. And then we did the giant block party. Right. Again, all these people just showed up, had a good time. Uh, you know, those kinds of things. Just <laughs> that, that ability. I love when people come to church and they're excited to see people. Uh, that part of it. And then just to be able to know that somehow I'm a part of making that life, uh, you know, and I don't need to be like <laughs> on the front cover. <laughs> no, I don't need to be on the front cover. I don't need any attention in a sense like that. I just, the ability to stand back and just observe right. like, wow. Like well, I came to your black party. Yeah. And he came and, to my Eucharistic procession. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, it wasn't mine. So St. Mary uh, had a block party, and I thought, oh, this probably happens all the time. They probably have the best parish ever, you know? And then you're like, no, we haven't had a block party, you know, in a long time, or it wasn't like ever. this. Or I was like, oh, wow. And so then I looked around. I was like, oh, wow, this is new. Like, this is pretty impressive. Like, oh, this is a great block party. And then I saw you, and I was like, Wow. And I walked away from it and, you know, we're brothers, right? So we're not like tooting each other's horn or whatever else. People are always telling me how wonderful my brothers are. I go to the dentist this morning and my high, dental hygienist is like, your brother, he's so amazing. He's the most wonderful person ever, you know, like whatever it is. And then, of course, it'll be like somebody's funeral where you just touch their sure. heart in a great way. You know, it's I get this all the time, right? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm glad my brothers don't stink. Uh, point being, I was like, I walked away thinking, wow, Paul must be really, really proud. And then I looked around and you're just were like this big old smile on your face, but you weren't doing anything. No, you were just there. Mm-hmm. And then you got to kind of go around and just be present. I was like, wow, man, this is great. So I, I agree. That. And that's what, El, that's what Watertown was for you. Right. Yeah. You had, and that's probably part of the grieving process of leaving a parish is when you invest in building a parish and then you got to leave. You're like, Oh, but right. we just got there. Well, you never yeah. really get there, but anyways, congratulations on community Thanks. building. Your spark. Father John. My spark is to travel. Oh yeah. And photography. Photography. Oh, 53,000 photographs. <laughs> you have 53. In my iPhone. Did you hear that out there? Father John Rutten. 53. We would like you to Facebook. Who has more than Father John on their phone? Who has more photos on their phone? Do we have a t shirt? Than 53,000 photos. Uh, Yes. We have lots of Rutten Radio t shirts. We start to give. Joel. Joel. Yeah. Joel, Joel Staus. Staus. One's right. coming at you, man. Rutten Radio t-shirt to Joel Staus and to the next person. If first you person, on your phone have more than 43,800 43, photographs, <laughs> if you can beat me, then we will give you. We will, we give will you send you a Rutten Radio, radio t-shirt. t-shirt. Yep. So yep. you got to take a screenshot of your phone and then you got to put it on. Uh, our Rutten Radio Facebook page. Not that we're competitive. Or if you don't, or if, if you don't, you don't have, want, or if you don't want to be outed, <laughs> you know, you might want to yeah, secretly. Yeah, I guess be then like, you can like put it uh, in, message yeah, it. You can get it to us another way. So yeah, so photography. It um, and it's taken a long time. You know, an interesting thing happened. I've realized just a while back. I came across a picture, and I don't know why this picture provoked it. I had a camera when I was a little. Oh yeah. Do you ever remember yeah, that? You, oh, I, it I was remember. blue. Yep, remember that? And it had. Yeah. It had, and I used to take pictures. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know where all the Your pictures spark. are. I don't remember, but it hit me one day and I thought, oh my gosh, this has been going on a long time. Uh-huh. And I put them in those little envelopes and take them down to sunshine. And then you got to get them processed at the front desk. And then you got to come back a week later and pick them up developed. And, you know, and then you get them and only two out of the 30 that you <laughs> developed actually came out. Uh, but I just, I love photography. I love um, getting that shot that speaks something more than what you see. I think it's the sacrament, sacramental right. nature of photography right. when you just get something. And one of the things that strikes me is when I would put pictures on Facebook, when I do put pictures on Facebook and I'm traveling, okay, mm-hmm. they kind of go together and I'm, I can put 40 pictures out and it always shocks me that people will pick out the same picture and say, that's amazing. It's so I know they're looking through all the pictures and oh, they're yeah. finding it in the middle yep. and they're sure. like that one, <laughs> you know? So I just love that dynamic of, you know, getting the right look, the right angle, the right da, 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 da. And then the and relationships right. that go with that, you know, to, to get good photography, how people respond to it. Sometimes people are in the photography and it starts a conversation. Well, this is a good transition because this in some ways is what 
the movie is about, right? Is, is that shot of life, that life lived the, the discovery of the thing that makes it magical that makes you want to live it. Now, you know, this idea of meaning and purpose, um, are, I, I think that this is the human, the human condition is that we're born in a experience of self-discovery. Um, mm-hmm. And we need to be, well, trained and given tools for the discovery process. And I think that's where the Christian tradition of my faith, I just love it so much because it trains me. Um, it gives me the tools I need to understand worldview and vision and and who am I and uh, discernment and this great Ignatian spirituality and the Benedictine way of living and all of these different ancient traditions. Ultimately, they kind of help me think about what what is this thing I'm doing here and what makes this thing I'm doing worth doing. And that's, I think, the journey we're all on. Yeah, and I think what also I would say is important with with the sacraments and the sacramentality is all of it is very ordinary. Mm. We don't really use anything extraordinary in the sacramental life. Give the, some examples the most, of the ordinary. Well, so we use unleavened bread. Right. We use yeah. We don't even basic stuff. <laughs> basic wine. We use water. We use oil. Now, chrism at least smells nice, so you right. get a little good smell in there. Um, but really, and then it's metals, it's objects, it's it's very simple. And again, I think that's what, when that movie, it was all ordinary objects that had something more to them. And I think our world keeps telling us it has to be something extraordinary mm. for it to be extraordinary. Right. Uh, and that's the the part that that really is a struggle. Now in the movie, again, if you haven't seen it, there's the so Joe runs into this Soul Twenty Two who nobody can convince to become a person. Like the Soul Twenty Two keeps <laughs> like <laughs> won't go down there, won't go down there. And what's fascinating is she finally decides to go down because she says, "I want to go to Earth to figure out why Joe would want to go back to such a sad life." <laughs> Like she is finally found somebody who she can't understand. Why would you go back? Like what, what is it in that world that would make you want to go back to that? Uh, and, and thus she's willing to, to go back to, to experience it. Um, Whereas before, you know, I mean, like she talks about all the people that had been tried to mentor her, Mother Teresa, Gandhi, <laughs> yeah. you know, Socrates, like all these people. And nobody could, you know, Abraham Lincoln and, you know, and then it's this guy who has a sad life in her mind, but he wants it back. And I think, again, the life of a saint is someone who, from an ordinary standpoint, can often live a life we wouldn't understand. Why would you want to live this life? And they live it. But because they're living it through grace, it, it really does make us ask this question, how can this person be happy? <laughs> you know, we ask this all the time of, of, of people, like, how can you be happy? You don't have anything. You know, right. I remember when uh, the Dominican sisters were on Oprah and she was just like blown away. Like, like these women, like complete opposite of, of her. And yet they had something and, and she had to know that, that they had it. And it was very evident uh, and it could be seen and it was a very simple life. It was a very ordinary life, but it was a grace filled one. Mm. The, uh, there's a theologian at the university of Dayton, uh, William Portier. And he, he talks about the religious experience, encountering the religious experience through ordinary circumstances. And he, and he basically, his proposal is, is that the extraordinary is, Discernment between what is ordinary and extraordinary is one of the tools, the things that you need to be able to do, but that it's in the ordinary, it's when you're able to experience the extraordinary and the ordinary that you're capable of living at deeper levels. So when you can ponder the leaf and not just be some like, ooh, staring at it like, oh, look at the leaf, but literally in the leaf or in nature or in a painting or on your vacation, 
right? Or at the supermarket with the checkout lady or guy, mm-hmm. like that if in the ordinary circumstances of your daily life, you can encounter the extraordinary, that's how you can assess whether you're living at deeper levels. Or do you just live at a surface level of life and you're unconscious to the deeper realities of everything going on around you and you don't seem to have a whole lot of spark? It might not be the world. It might be you would be his proposal. Yeah. The other thing that I think they played out in there is it it wasn't just an intellectual exercise. Like everyone tried Mm. to explain to the soul 22 why she should want to be a person uh, and it wasn't until she tasted pepperoni pizza <laughs> that she's like, oh, like this is what you're talking about. And I do think about this with our faith. We talk about God and he's love and he's all these things, but nobody, like until you experience it and you're <laughs> right. like, oh, this, this, okay. Well, if this is what we're talking about, I want to live this life. Right. But it, it can't just be an intellectual exercise. Right. And uh, encounter. I think yeah. that's what I've learned a lot from you guys is about encounter. Holy smokes, the first half hour has zipped on by. <laughs> zipped. As always. As always. Um, you're listening to... Re- what are you laughing at? Go ahead. Zipped. You're listening to Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back... We'll have more conversation in our faith and culture segment as we dive deeper into the themes and insights, particularly around the topic of vocation. We'll be right back. And we're back with Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network, your local and regional Catholic media network for all things awesome, especially the Brothers Rutten. (laughs) You can catch us on Facebook, interact with us there. A reminder from our first half hour that if you can find somebody that has photos greater than Father John, the number on his phone, which is like forty some thousand. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Don't don't but even yeah, don't even 000. try if you're not at fifty thousand. <laughs> so go ahead, take a picture of your phone, send it off, and we'll give you a free Rutten Radio T-shirt. I won't even Comment. bother. That's crazy, Paul. How many do you have? Like 4,000. Oh, I'll give some. I mean, I do take a lot of photographs, but I also lost every photograph prior to 2015. Oh, that's beautiful. So this is only six years of photography. (laughs) I think I'll bet the pain. (laughs) Oh, it was a death to self. Uh I'll never forget. It was like, I've thought about just. So some of my great travels to France, to the Holy Land. The question is, are you organized enough on your phone in order to be able to access the photos? Quite quite a few. That's as I'm realizing this is the spark. I'm starting to spend some time. Spark, baby. Getting it ordered. What's your spark? All right. right. Shout out. Spark a shout out. I want to give a shout out to Dan Todd. We all know Dan Todd. Dr. Dan. The copter. uh, The copter man. Uh, And uh, the copter listens, listens and is a great, uh, great man of faith. in so many ways. So lo- love uh, Dr. Dan Todd and appreciate uh, all the little lifts that he provides. Uh, also, Josh Merrick. Uh, Josh Merrick is our nephew. And you know what he told me? He listens live and then re-listens. Oh, my gosh. So he had said something about, I haven't re-listened to it yet or whatever. And, uh, and then uh, so found out, yeah, he listens live and then re-listens. So Josh Merrick, shout out to you. And then Matthew Mayer. The solo piano oh, artist yeah. in Omaha, a friend of mine who is very talented. And as I was watching this episode, uh, watching the movie Soul, I was thinking of Solo and thinking of Matthew Merritt, who is also a pianist and would understand uh, this great spark that is given to some people for music and particularly for the piano. So those are my shout outs. Suppose we should give a shout out to our sister Catherine because she's the one that said to watch this movie. Yeah, um, I thought she got shout out last month. She did. <laughs> oh, yeah, she gets okay, shout outs. She but she's every... the reason we did Soul. Like she oh, watched yeah, yeah, it yeah. and she That's said, right. you "Would said, you? Would you?" We, would you... We, so yeah. I'm. I'll give her the shout out. And then Chris Taney, <laughs> uh, who was a college student from uh, SDSU, who just stopped in to see me this morning as we're recording our show, uh, was coming to town for something. Stopped in. We had a great conversation. Um, so at some point, Joe, I'm going to send you to Crofton, Nebraska to pick up like beef for me. Oh, uh, cause 
he would be willing oh, to give Oh, I know him. To. Yeah. That's his mom's the secretary. Yeah, it was. At that think, parish. Yeah. yeah. So anyways. Where our great-grandfather's brother is buried. Oh. No. Well, yes. there you go. And Crofton? Where, yeah, and where Grandpa John Leo received his first Holy Communion. At Crofton? Yep. That's how I met her. And, oh, yep. yep. Anyway. Oh. Not Crofton. No. Bloomfield. But in that but area. Connected to Crofton. They're all connected. So anyways, stop. It was great. It was just great to catch up with him. He's a great young man. Uh, married. Three kids. All girls. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I got yeah. the other side of that. Yep. Those are my two shout outs. All right. I have no shout outs. Uh, rosary check. Got your rosaries? <laughs> yeah. Nice. John has a blue one. Old school. Old Still school got the blue old one. School. Old school, yeah. baby. Yeah. Just the regular. Oh, wow. Uh, like I impressive. Miss, I Paul's got a nice, one. nice one, right? Right. And uh, we'll leave the collars on, but scapular checks. You guys yeah. got those scapulars under there? You got. Oh, Get yeah. the protection yeah, of our blessed right there, right blessed there. mother. Don't want to. So got, that's a good uh, indication. So I think the scapular people can understand better after we've talked about sacramentality. Right, right. The scapular is a great sacramental. Like when I put it on myself, you know, I take it off to shower and then I put it back on. Like every time I put it on, there's a tangible reminder of this grace that I'm putting on. And right. certain people I'm praying. Yep. Right. Uh, so someone wanted to know if I get like a, a scapular tan. Uh, I'm like, well, I'm Irish, so I don't tan. But, yeah, I could. I get a scapular tan. The uh, uh, somebody the other day speaking on sacramentals said they listen. I'll give a shout out to Tiffany Hagen. You remember oh, yeah, Tim Hagen, Tiffany as well. Yep. Oh. Uh, and then she asked me. She said, "Hey, Joe, I was at mass and she flagged me down. What do I do with all of these? I just have so many holy cards and medals and all this stuff that I just need to do something with them. Like what?" What do you do with sacramentals if you have gathered them in bulk and you're like, I need to do something with these? Can you bury, burn, or do you... Typically, burning is probably the thing most people do, uh, like with worn out scapulars or maybe, you know, if you really do have too many holy cards. Um, there's also ways, I mean, like if, it, or if things are in decent shape... You know, there's lots of people that need them or would use them uh, as a gift or, you know, to share them with other people. You can bring them to the parish, and some do bring them to us, but parishes can only take so many right. of things like that. And usually when you want to gift out, you know, usually you have a box or something. Uh, there was a box in, um, anyway, I won't get into that story. So, but uh, yeah, you can bring them to your parish if you want, but a lot of times they may say, you know, please take them wherever you need to. So and in that case, burn them. Or in my wisdom, <laughs> I said, well, I think you can just bury stuff like that, but don't throw it in the garbage. No, don't throw, yeah, don't the garbage. throw it in the garbage. Uh, yeah. A destruction of it just so that it's it returns it to an it, element in a sense, like, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. kind of, there you go. You heard it from brothers rotten fathers and father <clears throat> vocation. Second half hour here. We, uh, want to just have a little, uh, conversation about vocation. Yes. Um, and as we kind of thought about this idea of ordinations and, you know, it's priest time for the priests to move and they just got ordained mm -hmm. and some deacons ordained and lots of weddings in the lots summer. Lots of weddings in the summer. Uh, so there's a real highlight to vo to vocations. Um, so we just thought we'd talk a little more on it. And the first thing I just thought of is that, I've had a real, uh, spent a career in some ways in expanding the idea of vocation, but that primarily, elementally, we think of vocation religiously, a way of life that we choose according to the to the church. Uh, would that be proper? Yeah, again, I like sacrament and sacramentality or sacramental, there's a big V and a little V mm, uh, as gotcha. well. And so within the church, the big V vocation comes from the Latin word vocare, to call. So it's a calling. And so we each have a calling from God um, to live in a particular state, not like South Dakota or North Dakota, but it's the state of life that I live. Um, so whether that's the married life, uh, whether it's the priesthood uh, or diaconate, uh, whether it's a call to a religious life, a call to... <clears throat> you know, uh, generous single life, those kinds of things, that ability to, to sense a call from God to live in a particular way. So we all have them. And Father John, 
How's your vocation been treating you? Good. It's like uh, every vocation comes with a path to holiness hmm. and a path of surrender. Do you think that so. the paths are equally difficult or easy or whatever, or like there's one path that's better to get become holy? Um, you know, St. Augustine said anybody who thinks that former days were better than the current ones didn't live in former days. <laughs> so if you think the world's falling apart right now and you think it's the worst it's ever been, St. Augustine way back in the beginning of the church said, anyone who thinks today's the worst it's ever been, right. worse than last, I gotta didn't find live that in the quote. past. That's great. It's every year it's in the office of readings. I can, oh, really? Yeah. So I think this applies. Anyone who thinks that the married vocation would be uh, is more difficult than to be a vocation to a priest or a religious life or a generous single life isn't living in those. And anyone who's a priest or single and thinks, if only I was married, uh, yeah, then so that's kind of my so thought. So there's a Twitter conversation. You know, you have a brother priest in the Diocese of Sioux Falls named Father Andrew Dickinson. Yeah. And uh, there was a conversation that he had brought up on Twitter about, you know, whether one or the other is easier. And immediately I'm like, well, they don't have to deal with my boys. <laughs> you know? And then I was like, and I don't have to deal with their parishioners. Right. <laughs> and there's only three of my boys, but I have to live with them all the time. Yeah. There's a ton of their parishioners, but they do get some breaks from them. And I thought, well, maybe this is a little give and take. Maybe there's... Yeah, I, what I say to people is I do believe that it, that, that God does have a, a path and a, a plan for your life. And the more you adhere to that path and that plan, in one sense, the easier it is. Right. Uh, it, because God is providing all of the spiritual things you need for that path, uh, it doesn't mean that there, there's not trials and tribulations in that. So what I say to people all the time is like, uh, men, if you're called to be a priest, be a priest. It is the greatest life ever. But if you're not supposed to be a priest, do not Don't be, be one. Right. Do not be a priest. Right. Like, it will be miserable. Well, if you're supposed to be married, be married. Mm -hmm. right. Like, if that's what God... But right. So this need to really go back then and discern and to really listen. What is God asking of me? Mm -hmm. And how do I know what God is asking of me and that ability to be able to, to follow that. So yeah, there's difficult times as priests, you know, there's things that you have to endure, but I love being a priest. Right. Like it is like amazing. Uh, now are there times that I can look over and say, Oh my gosh, it'd be so great to be married. You know, I think for a lot of times for us as priests, a lot of those holidays that are really family centric, you know, like, we can be a part of families, but it's not our family. Right. You know, those kinds of things. But at the same time, there are single people who, in one sense, are experiencing the same thing. Right. So it's our, also our ability to be able to see we're not the only ones. Uh, there's people who, you know, are widows or widowers. They're divorced. You know, there's there's people in all kinds of different states of life there. Uh, but I would say that if it's what God wants, there is an ease that comes with it. Bishop DeGroote talks about this all the time, riding the wave of grace. So as he said, if this is what you want for me to be a bishop, then that's what I want. And so he talks about the ease with with, it, with that, because right. it's what God wants. Right. And we, I think I sometimes make it sound like uh, the harder it is, the better it is. Like, you know, <laughs> right. and it's like, no, if this is what you're supposed to be doing, it sh there should be a groove. Right. It should, it should, it should move along fairly easily and it should get easier as you go. Otherwise you're not maturing and developing, not to some degree. It's like what is elemental at some point you progress um, and it shouldn't be the same struggles or it shouldn't always be the same. Just well, like with my, my marriage. I mean, I just in four years have grown in my marriage and I'm not doing the same things in my marriage that I was four years ago. And there is an easier of comfort. Why? Because, well, we were intentional about it and we were working on it. And we also believe that God's called us to this and he gives us the grace to, to perfect it. But that perfection's real. Like we have gotten better as a couple and that has, we've flourished more and it's not like it just always 
it needs to be tough in order for it to be right. virtuous. Yeah, I don't. yeah, and and uh, there's also though the the opposite side of it that thinks that it's always supposed to be easy. Sure. You know, and so so that would be the the other guardrail is it, when we say you know you get Bishop de Grude. Well, Bishop de Grude has gone through a lot of suffering mm-hmm. and a lot of challenges, and so uh, for us, we you know you can say, oh yeah, ride the wave of grace, yep. and it's like, well yeah, but the only way to get to that is to experience the suffering that brought you to the place to be able to ride the wave of grace. Right. So there's also Speaking the temptation the wave of, of grace, thinking it's all easy. How long have you two been riding this wave of grace? Right here, we have 19 years, and Father I have Paul, never. 19? I have put lots Ooh, of Facebook posts. Baby. Let me see. I'm going to get John the number will out. will be nine years or 10 years apart. Young pop. Which I from for me makes me happy because then we can just like it's always 10 years apart. So like right. we'll just. There are. I, yesterday we went to lunch. Yep. No. The most likes I've ever think I've I think I've ever had. <laughs> ever. I think ever. Oh, Do you know yeah. how many people? I mean, I don't get into likes and all that, but you know, you know when you kind of hit uh touchstone on things or when yeah, you, when you know, 700, 715 people. Oh, wow. Plus like a bazillion comments. I've never had anybody. Wow. And all I did was a little pointer that pointed at him and I said, know. congratulations. See how yeah, bad you this is it. for me. I have to go around all over town and just have people dote on you too. Like, oh, you guys, your brothers are so wonderful. I'm like, oh, really? Well, who's making the front cover of the Bishop <laughs> Bulletin? <laughs> right, 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 right. That that was not uh, right. supposed to be right. what oh, I got uh, into. I, actually, yeah. actually, I don't, I don't think uh, you're making the front cover of the Bishop Bulletin. <laughs> God. Yeah. No, it's a beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful. Very, Christ, yeah, and it's very. Yeah. It was very. Yeah, so congratulations. Yeah. Nineteen years yeah. as a priest. Nine years as a priest. What it said to me was he's touched a lot of people's right. lives. Yeah. Right, right. That's a great, I mean, it really is a, I mean, it's such a great life. Right. Like, oh my gosh, I love being a priest. Right. It's just amazing. And it's not, it isn't always easy, you know, but. And neither is marriage. Right. Neither <laughs> is marriage. But the ability to be able to, to be convinced that this is what God desires for your life. And so when things aren't going the way you want them to go, or you're struggling in some way, or it, it's just, it's the grind. Uh, you just really can go back to saying, but this is what you wanted from me, Lord. And so I just need you more. I need you more right now because oof, duh, it's right. a lot. Like, you know, you, you, a couple of weeks ago, it was like three funerals, a wedding. Uh, it was like nonstop. I'm like, oh my gosh, I am like going to like, but you just took one thing at a time, <laughs> like one, one moment and just trusted that God would work. And then you got through that one and then you went to the next one and you're like, okay, we're going to get through this one too. And before you know it, you get through the weekend and you're like, whew, well, that wasn't that bad. Um, and then you have an incredible weekend as well. And Do you ever wish that you didn't work Sundays? Um, What do you mean? Like, I don't know. I always, that was my big thing when I was in seminary. I was like, you know... Saturday confessions while Notre Dame is playing. Right. Those, and that's Sunday, like, I'm going to have to talk to these parishioners until 1230 and Vikings kick off at 12. Like, every mm. once in a while, you like, because you know, it's different work hours, right? I mean, no. you, you kind of have Mondays off. Do you like having a day off where, like, does any of that type of practical things of priesthood in your vocation ever impact? Or is it mostly just no. the realities of it, your... I wish my... uh I wish there was a better understanding of, I don't know how to say it. Um, people aren't easily available outside of. Right. People people today do not say, oh yeah, I'll take time off of my work so that I can come meet you at two o'clock. Or right. like, so your evenings all fill up. Oh, Right. Your weekends off. It's like funerals. People funeral talk to any funeral home director now, and everybody wants the funeral homes on Sunday. Well, that, that's like it used to never. It costs more on Saturday to do that. Like it never used to be. Right. But so this is the hard part: is is your life ends up being twenty four seven because the daytime 
is work. Is when everybody's you're in sort the of, office. Yeah, you're in the and, office. Yeah. You're just kind of doing the stuff. But then your stuff all ends up being at night too, and then on weekends. And so that's the only thing where I. But the bishop really encourages us protect your Mondays. He's given us encouragement to yeah. take a day and a half, like so to really make sure you get an extra half day on Tuesday or something, or like if you need to be away. So he's really encouraging us to take care of ourselves. I think the parishioners want us to take care of ourselves, yeah. but. The parishioner doesn't know what my calendar is to understand, you know, and so I have to be the one to set the boundary, and then that's right. up to me. And so yeah. that would be my yeah. And it's you know I just always chuckle because you know I go to the gym on Friday and everyone's like, oh, it's Friday, and I'm like, yeah, I got to work. <laughs> uh, you know, like so as everyone else is gearing up for a weekend of whatever, uh, it's like, well, yeah, that's nice. I'm gonna work tonight and tomorrow and the next day and. Uh, and, and it's fine. It, but again, for me, what I, it tries to remind me is we're, we're not meant for this world. Like, so what the world offers, mm. we're just constantly living differently. Something a little different. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine too. Yeah. Uh, and it tends to work out. So a lot of times parishioners are pretty good. Like I can do like a Sunday evening supper with them. And then I know that I can sleep in the next day. So it also, they don't, I don't stay there that late, but um, if they're willing to let me come over on a Sunday evening, that's really when I really enjoy because I don't have to think about the thousand things I got the next day. But if you're having supper on, you know, another night, you still know you have to work tomorrow and you got all these other things. And so there is that ability. So Sunday um, night kind of becomes like a Friday. Yeah. So Saturday. Sunday is your Friday wrapped into one, yeah. you know, so the other week I went to watch one of my parishioners play tennis and then they said, Hey, we're going to supper if you want to come with us. So I went and watched, you know, had supper with them. And they're like, Hey, we're going to golf too. Uh, and it was on a Sunday. So it's seven 30 at night and I'm golfing, you know, it's the, one of the latest days in the year, uh, but it was a great night. Tons of fun, tons of fun, you know, but that just is possible because I don't have to work the next day. Uh, and, and I have that freedom and that time to not have to worry about all mm -hmm. the other things. That's interesting because we're all different. <laughs> uh, I definitely, Sundays are an option for me, but I always feel like uh, once the masses are over, I kind of need to like start decompressing so that I can really take advantage of Monday. Um, and I do schedule stuff on Sundays and I go out on Sundays, but I think what you described for me would actually be Friday because then Saturday, I can kind of sleep in, but I'm usually like refining the homily and doing some things. Maybe there's a baptism, because, but Saturday is already kind of like geared in a way, so I just stay in the groove, whereas Sunday, once noon comes, you Check know, out. yeah, I kind of want to like begin to decompress, so we're mm -hmm. all different, created. Mm -hmm. And I think this is what every person needs to do, even parents, right? You need to decide how much of one thing can you do as a family? How much of you personally can you do? Are you more of an, do you need alone time? You know, can the kids be in a billion sports and everything works or do the kids need to limit some things so that everything works or, you know, so priests are kind of the same. Uh, but in the end, how about, I just how about find vocation and selfishness? Um, <laughs> well, where are you going with this? Uh, I just was thinking about that. Like my, my part of my challenge in my vocation is, that I have to not, and I'm not doing this in juxtaposition to you. I'm just thinking vocationally. My challenge in my vocation is that I am a selfish person and it's, it's a, the calling is a calling that requires sacrifice and attention to sure. another and, and a common good of the family and not just you. And I can't just go fishing whenever I want and do everything, you know, right. this type of a way of life. So within the, the marriage um, within the vocation is the, is the purification is the whole, is the sanctity in the, the marriage. Is that part of it? Is that it, is that vocations pull us out of ourselves? Is it that they require us to sacrifice? Is it good that we are? Um, yeah, What's just, your question? I don't really know. I know that marriage is hard because I'm selfish. Well, Okay. Well, this is one thought I would have is uh, to interpret what selfishness is then would be important because it could be selfish for me to not have boundaries. Right. That could be very selfish. I, I don't want to have boundaries because I don't want to have to tell someone no. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it selfish to have boundaries so that you have your energy so that you can give yourself in the important times? Or I mean, I don't know that that's exactly what you're getting at. No, I I, I see that. I think I've taken a journey of thinking selfishness means I can't have any time. I can't say no to anybody and I can't have any me time. Uh, Or I can't go on vacation or I can't post my pictures on vacation because then people will think that I'm always on vacation. Or, you know, it's like, no, I think there's something mixed up here. Mm. And so it's selfish for me to be afraid or to be worried or, and maybe this is part of what the priest needs to begin to witness to is what does it look like to stop living? I mean, 40 years ago, a priest being selfish was very different than today. Today you can be reached a million places. I mean, we are inundated with expectations. Mm-hmm. Respond, 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 respond. Well, maybe the priest <laughs> doing that is being selfish and is living by the world and isn't listening right. to God. And he's the one that's supposed to be saying, I'll respond when God tells me. I'll respond when God tells me. I'll respond when God tells me. And that might be different, look different than, you know, just because right. someone can send me a message on iMessenger, does that mean I'm supposed to respond to that? Or can I see it and leave it and trust I need to be about God's work. So I saw it. I can pray for whatever that, you know. Oh, your personality and that must be hard. Oh my gosh. I used to not give people out my cell phone numbers because, you know, they yeah. call the office. 10 years ago, that was you, everybody, you called the office. And then, uh, and then I realized one day, wait a minute, they can reach me seven different ways on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to give out my cell phone right, number. Right, <laughs> like, right, yeah. no, right. I still, That's a whole different thing. Like we so, got, you know. So yeah, uh, the so selfishness that... of children is what what kind of is present to me right now. Like my three boys, and it's constant mm. and this and that. And you're like, man, all I want to do is read my book, and then well, I'm like, that's, my, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all I want to do is be on my phone, or all I want is a, a break, or all I want. And you're mm. like, all right, well, where is my? What is the requirement for me? And it's like, no, Joe, you're a, you're a father, and this is responsibility and sacrifice. You get a sacrifice. Mm. This isn't about you, Joe. Like, yeah, you yeah. don't just get it all the time you want. But at the same time, I do need boundaries, right? I do need my space. I do need sure. to, but that might be at six o'clock a.m. Yes. Yeah. And uh, once six thirty comes, your time as father is on, and you live in a vocation that doesn't allow you a contemplative life. Yeah, right. you don't That's get a vocation. holy hour every day to <laughs> yeah, yeah. sip coffee. And if and... I do, it better be at five o'clock. You know, yeah. right? start waking up a little earlier. Uh, and that's the place where I'm as a you know young father. I'm 43, but I got three young boys. Um, it's like, boy, this thing demands something of me. So, mm. well, our callings in this world um, hopefully bring us sanctity, hopefully yeah. uh, purify us. Uh, we pray for our priests. We pray for you guys and for all the newly ordained. We pray for you. And with that, maybe we'll wrap up this first, uh, this hour in, in July with the family prayer. All righty. Father Paul, would you begin? Sure. Our Father... We We thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state and life you plan for each of us, and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world, and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. We'll see you next time right here at Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network.